In our last episode, we considered some timely information based on Hosea 6, a prophecy on God's two days, that gap we've been experiencing for nearly the past 2,000 years. Although the Father chose to turn His face and return to His place for those two days, we know that's not a permanent decision, that He'll return on the third day, an event that could occur by the end of this decade. God has held significant mysteries, difficult to understand in the past, but but being revealed in this hour as we approach the challenging days ahead. I'd encourage you to listen to the last episode if you haven't already. Important background for what we're going to learn today. Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program. If God's eternal plan is to prepare a church without spot or wrinkle, Ephesians 5.27, a people who know their God are strong, doing great exploits in the tribulation, Daniel 11.33, then in certainty we must know that plan and the way forward. We know the world is confused about the season we're in, divided over a multitude of issues, seeking ways to bring about peace and safety. I would suggest believers of a a variety of political and social persuasions are divided also, and too optimistic, perhaps, about what their vote may bring about come November. Now, that does not imply in any way we should not vote. That's still a right and a privilege in the grace of God. But keep in perspective, keep in perspective the, the season we're in, what God's doing in the earth, the mysteries the Father has held so closely to his breast that are now unraveling and they're coming to light. And my brother and sister, light will be needed to navigate this present darkness. My friend Travis Bennett recently addressed Matthew 24 and 25. That's Jesus' comprehensive teaching on the end of the age and his return, pointing out There's always been necessary division in the plan of God, going all the way back to the garden. What gets divided? Well, according to Travis, families get divided, faith, values, certainly, institutions, governments, lands, treaties, and really, for that matter, the whole world is divided. And I would agree. While that division will continue until God settles the matter at his return, The Lord, after laying out a definitive sequence of events in Matthew 24, shifts to a more pastoral tone in the remainder of the Olivet Discourse, presenting divisive parables that will require of a church a decisive response. I was especially taken by the parable of the ten virgins in Matthew 25, the words of Jesus. Let's read that. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Verse 5. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold! The bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. All ten virgins. All ten. 
And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward the virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Verse 13, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. If you remember, we learned from our reading of Hosea 6 and Micah 5 in our last episode that that God intended from the very beginning for his people to know the generation of his return, to know when the bridegroom is at the door, beckoning all ten virgins to come in. All ten were virgins, eligible for entrance to the wedding. All had some oil to light the pathway leading to the bridegroom, But was it enough oil? And that's our question here. Enough to get them all the way to the door. You might say here, why didn't they share? That would be the godly thing to do. Listen to Jesus' response. But the wise said, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. So the five went back out into the world to purchase more oil. That's a world they were familiar with because they'd spent so much time there. When they returned, it was too late. The door was closed. Five were denied entrance because they did not have a relationship. The wisdom to continue to take in the oil of the Holy Spirit. Spiritual intimacy in the secret place of the Most High. The ability to see clearly in the darkness of the days, knowing from the Word of God the critical must-events to come that would be necessary to navigate in the season, this season, this time, prior to the bridegroom's return. It wasn't because they didn't show up. Listen, perhaps you embraced a relationship with Jesus years ago, but you didn't consistently walk in the Spirit. You didn't seek the wisdom in prayer and fastings, groanings. As Paul says in Romans 8.26, the Spirit helps in our weaknesses in those long, dark days of delay. For we do not know what we should pray as we ought, but the, the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. Listen, with groanings which cannot be uttered. Beloved, that's deep. Need to focus on that. It wasn't because those virgins didn't know he was coming. Maybe you've been in the church all your life, read your Bible, listened to the preachers, bought the coffee mugs and wore the t-shirts. You knew there were dark days ahead and you knew he was coming. It wasn't because you didn't have some oil in your lamps, but you didn't cultivate that relationship with him. You didn't have the wisdom of the masculine, a generation God was raising up all along to have the word of the Lord in season, to light the pathway for the critical days ahead. What were Jesus' final words to the five without sufficient oil? The five that arrived at the door 
too late? Verse 12, he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Let me assure you, he's coming, and you and I are responsible for recognizing the time in which we're living, the prophecies that that point to preparation, the walk in the Spirit, the end times ministry that will see persecution for the Word's sake. We must have sufficient oil in our lamps. So how do we respond? What must we do in a generation of transition? What must we do to prepare for the day of the Lord? Well, first, uh, the church, really, it, it must recover its sense of urgency. That's an urgency that's not based on fear, but on power, love, and soundness of mind. This will certainly require a history with God, a time and a purpose investment, prayer, intercession, travail, but just as importantly, corporate calls to prayer with a clear mandate and call to apocalyptic evangelism, declaring the mysteries of the gospel and iniquity God has held closely to his heart for more than 2,000 years, to be methodically revealed by his church to the powers of the air at the end of this age. Listen to Paul in Ephesians chapter 3. To make all see what is the the fellowship of the mystery, the, the stewardship, the responsibility, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things in Jesus Christ. Now listen to this. This is important. To the intent that now, in this season, in this time, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and the powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Did you hear that? You and I are responsible for making known the wisdom of God in this season to the principalities, powers, rulers, thrones, dominions of the air, the invisible realm in the heavens, the authorities who have opposed God's plan from the very beginning. Make it known to them. What does Paul also say? This won't come without opposition. Our battle is not with flesh and blood, but against principalities, against those powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness, again, in the heavenly places. The Lord's body must be brought to its appointed time of fullness, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, a mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. As my friend Reggie Kelly says, this age doesn't end in a Laodicean fizzle. It ends with a church militant triumphant because its human power has been completely shattered as we're freed from any residue of confidence in the flesh. And what else? Well, the church must once again recover its understanding of the prophetic voice. There's a lot of clairvoyant trivia passing for the word of the Lord these days. The prophet is to be found where people are straying, where they've, where they've not yet 
accumulated a, a sufficient amount of oil in their lamps that will actually get them to the door of the bridegroom. Listen to 1 Timothy 4.1. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And I would add, many of those who are seeing what's coming will rush back out to purchase more oil for their lamps, and it will be too late. The door will be shut. Remember, all ten were virgins. All ten were born again. All ten were sleeping. They were, they were all waiting for the midnight call from the heavens. But when the call came, only five, only five of those virgins had sufficient history with God, an intimacy, a, a relationship, a, a confidence in love of the Father to, to get them to the end. In other words, sufficient oil in their spiritual lamps. Well, the church must also recover its belief in the existence of organized intelligent evil. The powers of darkness know the time is short. Satan is still resisting his exposure in the earth. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. Here's Paul. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. Satan will restrain from being exposed until Michael stands up and Satan is cast to the earth in the final three and a half years. A standing, a resisting, a, a restraining until it's abruptly brought to an end and he's consumed by the breath of Jesus at his coming. So, how close are we? close when measured against the eons of time. I find people like you and me are, are struck with an overwhelming sense of solemnity and awe when rightly considering the Son of God may very well return during our lifetimes. While the popular gospel song, I'll Fly Away, remains a favorite of many, you can see it on faces, I believe what's little considered here are the life-changing events that lead to that glorious departure. In particular, the, the voice of the church to Israel and lost, broken humanity in the times of crisis. Beloved, we must prepare our hearts. Discipline the spirit of your minds. Begin to respond to the strategic voice of the spirit in this day. We must, because God says we will, become a people of understanding who will instruct many. I'm Bill Nordstrom. God bless you.